Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it's hump day, and that means it's Dr. Judy Jasek Day. Good morning from Tennessee. Good morning from me and the chickens. Yeah, how are those chickens doing growing fast, I bet? Oh, my gosh. They're like, you know, we got them in this brooder, and they're just, we've had them about 10 days. So they're about two weeks, they're about two weeks old. And they're like, they're using their little wings. You know, it's just, it's so much fun to watch them just, to, you know, okay. Obviously I've never had chickens before, you know, <laughs> this is really <laughs> exciting. <laughs> um, but, but they, you know, every day they're different. They, you know, they start out just these little puff balls and then they got to getting their wing feathers and they've got their wings. They, you know, like, they're just like babies, you know, as soon as something new comes out, like I got to use these things, you know? So they're flapping their, flapping their wings around and, um, you know, I go down and I give them, I, you know, feed them greens and stuff. Now I'll go, go to the garden and pick some kale and, you know, they don't care. I feed them the leaves that, you know, all the bugs have been chewing on and, and, and I hold it, hold it in my hand and they come up and they're just real gently. They start to eat the, eat the, uh, leaves out of my hand and stuff. And it's, it's fun. I, I gave them a, uh, uh, tomato worm. I get these big worms that are crawling my tomato plants and I find them and I take them down. And it's very satisfying to watch the chickens just obliterate them because <laughs> they're chewing holes in my tomatoes. It makes me mad, but they're great chicken food. So. so I, I heard that chickens eat raw meat. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I hear. I've not fed my chicks that cause I don't know if maybe you need to wait till they're a little older, but Yes, chickens are omnivores and they will eat anything. I I've actually heard like in the winter time when there there's not as many, you know, insects and worms and things like that that they really need the extra protein and people will sometimes just find roadkill and just like throw it in with the chickens and just let them eat that. Or um I've actually read some people actually just save like when when they're butcher. Now they say you shouldn't feed the same species, you know, like shouldn't feed right. like chicken guts to chickens. Um, but they'll save organs and stuff from their other, you know, butchering from their beef or their pork or, or whatever. And they'll just keep like little packages of that and meat scraps and stuff in the freezer and just free or just thaw that out um, in you know, like smaller quantities throughout the winter just to give them a little extra protein. They say the protein is really, really good for them. Like they really need it. They are true omnivores, you know. So when you see all this, you know, like you go buy eggs and it's like, oh, vegetarian diet, vegetarian diet. That's not really the best diet for chickens. They're really meant to be eating some, some meat, some bugs. They they are supposed to eat insects though. People got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's chickens right. Are. Yeah, let's make that let's make that perfectly clear. People are not. Okay. I, I found a I found a big old grasshopper over the these these birds are so, so distracting. I could just spend the whole weekend watching them, but um, I found a big old grasshopper and threw it in there and they were all getting all excited and trip, 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 and they running up to it. And then it hops and then they run away. <laughs> it's like scared them because they didn't know what they're trying to just figure out. They don't have a mother hen. I guess, you know, in nature, like they watch mama peck in and then they kind of learn. So they've got to figure out like what to do with insects and stuff, but it's, it's just fun. It's fun to watch them. Just fun to watch you know, like the natural course of life. Cause I think what we really are dealing with when we're, when we're helping pets is that, that, that disruption, if pets were allowed to just live a more natural life, natural diet, you know, healthier lifestyles, which I understand is hard for people in the city. It's not healthy for people either, but the more dogs can do what dogs are meant to do, the healthier they're going to be. And I think that's, you know, the uh the mental part of it too like you know your dogs like if you if rick wasn't out there you know working with Lozzie every day she'd be a basket case yeah she's got to have she's definitely got to have a lot of exercise 
Um, we had, you know, a lot of dogs around this last couple of weeks. So that was nice, you know, and, and, the, and, and, uh, she's just very different than Asta and you got to look at your species. I did a podcast last night, um, you know, where Brian was talking about, I do these things, Brian submits these things called Brian's beef, right? The things that really irritate the crap out of him. And he was talking about, you know, you need to know what kind of dog you're getting when you get a dog, how much they're going to eat, how much it's going to cost to really feed them. And the whole thing was on kibble. You know, um, he said, stop asking why raw is so expensive and you should be asking why kibble so cheap. Right. And, uh, but he yeah. said, you got to look at the species, you know, cause my mom who has a, like you, a little bitty five pound dog, <laughs> it's going to cost you nothing. Uh, yeah. But if you have two 100 pound dogs, you've got 200 pounds of dog. That's five pounds a day, five pounds a day that you'd be feeding if you had 200 pounds of dog. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but the time to think about that is before you get the dogs. No, because, come you know, on. Cause yeah. I like hear that too. Like, well, you know, I got, you know, three large dogs. Well, okay. That was your choice. Like, How'd that happen? How That's did not, that happen? That's not my problem. <laughs> they just popped into your house. I think. They just showed up. Well, I just had to <laughs> had to get them. Had to. Had to. I I I I am so over. I had to. Anytime somebody says I had to, I want to strangle them. Seriously, like there are no have tos. Life is about choice. You always have a choice. You may feel like you don't, but you 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 really do. You know you you. You know, you can make changes. You can say no. You can say, I can only afford to feed one large dog a good quality diet. So maybe I should just stick with that for now. Or maybe get a smaller dog that doesn't eat as much, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the the answer is I had to because I didn't want to do this or that. Yeah. Didn't want to deal with this or that. Didn't want to and think then, about this or that. And now they want it to be okay to feed those dogs kibble. They want somebody to say, you know, well, that's all right. You can feed kibble. Like, sure, you can feed kibble. That's a choice too. Go ahead and feed kibble. But then realize that you might be treating cancer in a few years. That's a choice too. Like, you know, pay now or pay later. You know, that's yeah. what I tell people. Yeah, I, I there was a question uh, that came in that says, um, I feed my dog a cup of kibble in the morning and then I feed, you know, um, uh, see if I can find that I feed raw at night and the dogs, you know, got issues. It's itching. It's this, it's that. And, uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, how I can help get that message in, in, in out. <laughs> we do it every day. It's like, well, what, what, why are we doing kibble? What, what's in there? And a lot of people, Dr. Jasek, believe it or not, and I do believe that some people believe this because of what we've been through in the last three years, but they do believe that there's something good in that kibble. There's lots of vitamins and minerals, right? Mm -hmm. As a matter it's complete, of complete, it's complete and balanced, right? Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know what? The one that the one that really gets me is people will say sometimes, well, I just feel like they just need something more than just that raw. Like they just need something more. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> What's what more do they need? They're eating meat, bones, and organs, everything they're supposed to eat, but they need something more. Oh, yeah, we need to poison them a little bit too. Okay, got it. Yeah. I, the, <laughs> okay. So uh, there was one question that came through. And um, the question was, and I'm going to try to find out why we're talking here, but the question was, um, what else do I need to give my puppy um, because, because there are so many vitamins and minerals that are missing from the raw, basically, is what it was. Mm -hmm. and, and our team said, well, um, what, what vitamins and minerals are missing. What are they? Tell us what they are and we, we can probably help you. And the question came back again. Well, do you have any pre-made mixes? Because, uh, gosh, where is that? I want to read it to you because it's such a good one. Um, it's missing the, it's missing the synthetic multivitamin that you don't put in there because they don't, you know, they don't, 
need it. Right. And that that's that's really what our team was really good at coming back with. And, um, you know, would say, oh, gosh, we're. Um, and I think that's just is interesting, too, because that's conditioning. That's what our how our culture is conditioned. You know, they've conditioned people to believe that we've got to have this list of, you know, um, vitamins and minerals down to the IU of or whatever microgram or whatever of each one. And if you don't have that on a label, then you're missing something. But you don't what people don't realize is you have no idea if those are even bioavailable. They're just all synthetics. It's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of chemicals. Right. Right. And so the, there, you know, we do, we do have, uh, okay, here it is. Um, the question is, I have a spade female boxer mix. She's 53 pounds. What do you recommend for a complete meal, uh, where no additional supplements are needed? Uh, this isn't actually it. There was another one. Um, and they say, uh, they've been doing raw beef or chicken, adding nuggets that contain organs and veggies topped off with zesty paws, fish oil, and Dr. Harvey's veggie blend. Um, so what blend would be a complete meal for her? And this dog is itchy, right? So we're like, well, there isn't a meal out there that is complete for any human or any pets. I mean, you get that through variety, variety, variety. And we would say if your pup is experiencing itchy skin or loose poops, pull out any toppers that are super high in carbs. Mm -hmm. And that's the majority of them. And then I don't know about the zesty paws, um, fish oil. I I have no idea uh, about that, but, um, you know, I would just say, I look in the nuggets, right? Look in the nuggets. But again, people want this complete um, meal because that's the way things are sold out there. You can just package this. It's going to have every single thing you need for the rest of your life in that package. Right. And for some reason, people don't believe that for themselves, but they do believe it for their dogs. Don't get I, it. Yeah, I, I... I don't either. It's, it's, it, I, I mean, I, I guess I can see where people have been, been conditioned to believe that way. But, but when you think about it logically, when you look at what's actually in these foods, like, like you said, people then start to add things in and they're adding in, you know, supplements that have synthetics or carbs or super inflammatory. And, and there's like, there's not truth in labeling on any of this stuff. They have all kinds of things in there that either in small amounts or they're lumped with another um, ingredient that, you know, there there's stuff in those, in those products that you may not even know. You don't know where they came from. Are they sprayed with glyphosate if they're the, if they're the carbs? So yeah, that, that stuff is all in inflammatory in the body. And so if pets have things that are not healing, you got to get rid of all that other stuff. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, somebody had sent a question in that said their GSD, their German shepherds, uh, or this one German shepherd had a very, very itchy vulva since young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is on raw. Uh, they said her vulva was inverted but that did correct itself after her first heat. And the reason that they were contacting us is because this dog uh, has stopped eating uh, more of the raw. And, um, but her blood work was normal. She does eat um, chicken feet, chicken necks. Uh, They're giving homemade beef broth. So they wanted to know any suggestions. That's a very tough question because we don't have all the information. And one of the questions that they had was, do you think that the bovine colostrum would help uh, with this itchy dog? And what is the itchy vulva thing? Well, if it's just the vulva, then I would definitely make sure they're getting a urinalysis check because... If there's a mild urinary tract infection, or even if 
like the pH is a little too high or too low. And I don't recommend ever giving things to change the pH unless you're checking the urine, because I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like berry supplements and things like that. Those types of things acidify the urine, but you, if those are going to help, you need to make sure that that's what the dog needs. So we need to make sure that the pH is too, too high to begin with, uh, more basic. And then, you know, you would use the acidifiers to bring the pH down to where, to where we want to see it. But I don't recommend just doing things to manipulate the urine pH unless we know where it's at, but I've, I've seen some dogs that will just lick and lick and lick, and then they create more problems um, because they, if they're licking, then they, they get the moisture builds up in like the folds around the vulva. And, and then you get this yeast growing secondarily. And, and then it, it becomes kind of a hygiene thing. So cleaning can help like with some dilute apple cider vinegar is usually what I recommend, but we still need to be making sure that there's not an underlying issue. So I usually start with checking checking the urine. And then my next question is, well, are they like itchy all over? Because if it's just that one spot, then we know there's something going on there or in the, in the urine, the urine's irritating or something like that. If it's all over itchies, then, you know, we've got a bigger, um, you know, bigger issue or more generalized issue. And we probably need to look at, gut health and you know, dogs with itchy skin, oftentimes there will be certain areas that are worse, like their, you know, butt might itch or their ears might itch more. They have certain areas of their body that itch a, a little bit more, but I think you need to determine if it's a, like, um, just localized to that one spot or more of a generalized issue. What makes that urine pH high? Well, what's the cause of that? It's it. Well, it has to do with the metabolism of the dog and it, it, it will fluctuate. Like a lot of times the pH will go up a little bit, like after, after a dog eats sometimes, you know, for a period of time it should be down like around six, six to six and a half which is usually where I would like to see it. But if it goes up to like eight, that can be really, really uh, irritating. So you know, we look at the diet, you know, of course, if they're on a species appropriate diet, usually that's, um, that helps with the problem a lot, like starting with the dog that's on kibble or something that can, that can really throw it off just because of all the carbs. And then we get them on a, on a raw food diet, make sure, you know, get rid of all the supplements and all the other things and just see if we can get them, get their body to um, a normal baseline. Cause it's one of those things like the body it's a, it's a normal regulatory thing. The body's going to keep the urine at a healthy pH as long as the body's healthy and it has the right tools to do that. So if it's not, the dog isn't getting good nutrition or they're being fed something that's inflammatory, then that process may not happen. And then if it, if the pH stays too high or too low for long enough, then we get crystals that precipitate out that can then form into stones and that's, you know, a much, much bigger problem. You know, I had um, <clears throat> had someone contact us yesterday and they wanted to put a pause on moving over to raw because they said, well, my dog has an infection and so I, I can't feed raw. Now, you and I have talked about this many times, but I want to ask you this question again. What kind of an infection would promote cause a vet to tell their patients to not feed raw? I have no idea because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of those vets. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, don't I, don't know, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're thinking, but it doesn't even make, even the bacteria thing doesn't really, you know, make sense. I don't know. Maybe they're thinking, well, there's all this bacteria in raw food because that's the assumption that a lot of conventional vets make. There's all this bacteria and the dog's already got an infection. So we don't want it having to, you know, fight off more bacteria, supposedly. I, I don't know. I don't even, I mean, that I wish that they could draw the dots, connect the dots. Okay. Show me how this infection, whatever it is, and most of it's internal, right? Mm -hmm. How is the raw diet 
going to affect any kind of internal infection. Draw me a map. Show me how that works. Right? I mean, what it's, it's just- going to do is it's going to help the dog be healthier. It's going to help the dog fight the infection is what it's going to do. But how that's going to make it worse or harder to treat. It's just it's just one of those ridiculous propaganda things that just get started. And I mean, that's what just drives me crazy about the profession these days is that it just that that's just don't even stop to think, does this even does this even make sense? Like is what I'm saying, what I'm regurgitating just verbally make any any sense or am i just repeating a narrative and that's all that's going on is just all this parroting of these narratives that show up like you know dogs need grains to have a healthy heart and you know it's illegal for your vet to see your dog unless it's had a rabies shot you know i mean that stuff just gets started and it doesn't even have to be founded like where are people's brain cells like nobody's even even thinking anymore well, you know, you sent me this article from Vaccination. I mean, just the name yeah. of this publication makes me cringe. Yeah, totally. Okay. The World Organization for Animal Health, or they call it W-O-H, W-O-A-H. And it's, uh, it reminds us in this article, it says that rabies continues to kill Dr. Jasek around 59,000 people a year. I would like to see that study, first yeah. of all, okay? And did they take every one of those people's brains out and actually do some sort of a autopsy? Yeah. Right? Right. Um, so in this article, they're talking about the dogs, our beloved dogs, are the main reservoir, those nasty, dirty dogs. They are the main reservoir. And, and the established goal of eliminating dog mediated rabies is is on the rise guys the goal is by 2030 it's within sight it says that they're going to make sure that all dogs are vaccinated for rabies so as you and i talked about it uh they want 70 percent uh they want 70 percent i think of all dogs uh vaccinated now haven't we heard that in the last 30 uh, three years. <laughs> yeah. Jason, I like, mean, does that narrative sound familiar from somewhere? 3030. Everything's going to happen by 3030. I mean, 2030. Yeah, 2030. 3030 is a long time, long time. <laughs> but by 2030, you know, like, yeah, you're going to own nothing and be happy. And we're all going to have be vaccinated for everything. So there'll like be no disease because everybody and all the animals and all the people are going to be all vaccinated and probably just. I'll be dead. Imagine that if that is if that happens, because because these vaccines are killing our pets. You know, just it's it's really sad to see. But it, I think the vaccine into the effects of these vaccines is just getting more and more devastating for our pets. Well, um, I was looking at another article, and uh, that you sent, and this one was in regards to um, pets dying. Vaccinated animals continue to die suddenly at zoos throughout the world. So we have two elephants, two giraffes, a chimpanzee, a black rhino, a koala cub, a sloth, a squirrel monkey, five marakets, uh, a fox, a deer, a python, a lemur, a golden eagle, a sea lion, a cheetah, and four lion cubs. And these are vaccinated animals. Hmm. Thoughts right. about that? I mean, that's, right. that's uh, you know, but that stuff doesn't get out in the mainstream media because, well, that just wouldn't be good for the other narrative. Now, would it, Dr. Jasek? No, it, it wouldn't be. And of course, they'll say, you know, it was due to something else. They won't say that it's it's due to the to the vaccines, of course. But if you look at statistically, like, okay, so you know, prior to, you know, the whole COVID business and the, and all these extra vaccines, how often did zoo animals just die suddenly? Like, it's just like athletes dropping dead on the sports fields. That's you know? normal. Yeah. It's normal. It's because it's from the referee whistles. It's what I heard. Can you believe <laughs> Give that? some heart attacks. <laughs> I, I just, uh, 
it's beyond me, but I think what's very frightening to you and to me is what we saw in the last three years, right? We were totally vilified. Um, We um, had people that we never thought would act the way that they did towards people who had a different stance on vaccinations. And I, um, it's frightening. You know, it, it is frightening how fast people can turn with the right propaganda, with the right propaganda. And then you and I have to step back and say, why are we doing this? Why don't we just save ourselves, right? Just forget everything else. Just save ourselves, right? right. We And be quiet. Why, you know, we could take that stance, I guess. But then we get these great emails from people who say, you know, because of, and, and the same for me and you, when we hear other things out there, we change our stance on, um, you know, like the viruses, like Dr. Thomas Cowan talking about those. And we're going to take a look at things that we haven't believed in. We're going to take a look at it. We're not just going to believe everybody. Um, but, but my point is, is that you, uh, I, I, I just am totally shocked at how people can be led down the wrong road. And yeah, if you just think about this, Dr. Jasek, when you inject things into your body, that's really not very natural. <laughs> I mean, no. you know, especially when you don't even know what's being injected. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, to me, that's just like lunacy. Like, why would you have something injected into your body or into your pet's body? And you don't even really know what's in it or what the potential effects are. It's just like, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to go and line up and, you know, be a good sheeple and, you know, do what I'm supposed to because everybody else is doing it. And, you know, I want to be able to travel and get on an airplane and, go to a concert. And um, I think the scariest thing for me is that they're going to, the mandates for pets, when I see articles like that, you know, that the mandates for pets are going to get worse. It can be harder and harder for pets to get medical care without, you know, without a vaccine. I often wonder how, how are they training the vets in school? I don't think the training is, you know, certainly hasn't gotten any better, but how do they train the vets in school to convince them that these ingredients that are clearly listed there that are toxic are great for your pet's health? And this is what you should recommend. How do they get them to that point? I don't, I mean, it's been a long time since I was in school, but I think they don't even, they don't even go into that. I I mean, I remember when I'd have, you know, like sales reps come in and they're going to sell you on the latest drug or the latest, um, you know, vaccine, they don't, they don't break down, listen, they don't say, oh, by the way, there's mercury in here and that's really, really toxic and it's going to make your patient sick. No, they say, oh, well, if they, they sell on two things, fear and, and profit. And one is, well, if, you know, you don't do these vaccines and your patients are going to get sick and you're going to be liable, liability is huge. You know, fear of losing the license. Oh my gosh. Like, all you got to do is tell about that. You know, like you could, you know, lose your license if you don't, then they'll just do anything. They'll just like roll over like that. They're all mighty license that they, and, and it did take a lot of work. I'm not, I'm not belittling that, but does that, should that be keeping practitioners from practicing in a way that they believe is, you know, in the best interest for their pets? Like, I don't think so. I mean, I, I couldn't treat a pet in a way that I didn't feel was in their best interest, even if I was putting my license on the line. I mean, how can you, how can you live with yourself if you do that? But that's how these things are sold. Well, you just give all these vaccines and then the pets aren't going to get sick and, and everybody's going to get happy. And oh, by the way, you know, this is how much money you can make selling these vaccines. Now they, they don't use this as a selling point typically, but I think it's part, it's part of the equation. And oh, by the way, how much money are you going to make treating all these chronic illnesses that you're creating because of all the vaccines? I mean, that's because these same companies that are selling the vaccines, they're selling the drugs to treat the itchy skin. You know, I mean, the the same companies making these vaccines are making Apoquil and all these drugs to treat itchy skin. 
that, you know, it's just, I heard this on the, on the human side, how like, you know, so, so we know there's a high incidence of myocarditis now um, because of the, the COVID shot in people. Well, like pre-COVID, Pfizer is working on a drug for myocarditis, like coincidence. Oh, wow. <laughs> like let's create the, the, the solution and then let's create the problem because of how much money we can make off the solution. Now we got to create the problem and then everybody's going to jump on board, you know, with, with the solution. I mean, I, I don't think it's, well, I guess I don't know because I don't really live in the conventional veterinary world. I, I doubt that they're saying it that blatantly, but you know, um, there's a lot of money in keeping pets sick, not, not in like we do, like I, like we were talking about earlier, like I want to empower people to know how to take care of your own pet, have some simple home remedies, know how to feed your pet, know how to do some things. People are so afraid and I think this is cultural conditioning. People are afraid to just go think for themselves. What if I, you know, wanted to use an herb to treat my dog's diarrhea? You know, go go look that up. See see what maybe you could do rather than just running into the vet for a prescription of metronidazole, which is ultimately gonna gonna make your uh, pet sicker. You know, you, you can think for yourself and you can come up with things on your own to help your pet and sad to say, but pets are a lot healthier when they stay out of the vet. Well, I was looking on, uh, if, if you guys really want to study about vaccines, I mean, there's two people that are great. Uh, Dr. Sherry Timpenny and also Robert Kennedy Jr. His a children's health defense uh, network. Polly and Mary, you know, they're always talking about stuff, but they, they have developed an all species COVID test, mm. an all species COVID test. So uh, it's going to help them track COVID-19 variants in wild and domesticated animals. Huh? What do you think about that? So that'll be the next thing. Dogs won't be able to get into the vet without having a, a negative COVID test. I bet that's coming. Yeah, have the rabies rabies vaccine, and I'm sure they'll be coming out now. Well, if the test, you know, negative, well, why don't we just give you give you give your dog a COVID shot, make sure it stays healthy. You know, I bet that's, I bet that's coming. It's like this, like is COVID like are people even still getting it? Is it even still a thing? <laughs> they still keep people afraid of it, and they keep vaccinating for it and testing for it, but. I, I don't know. Is it, is it even like a thing anymore? They just, it doesn't seem to me that it is. They just keep the narrative going. Well, you know, you and I talk a lot about these explosion of cancers and dogs, right. And mm -hmm. new cancers and, and where they're coming from and younger dogs. And I was looking at information where uh, it was talking about, there is something in the COVID shots, some of the COVID shots um, that they've directly um, relate to these cancers, you know, and that people are getting these cancers. And I listened to Dan Bongino, who, by the way, always says, don't get dead. And he's got a new shirt that says, don't get dead, which is a great, a, a great <laughs> slogan. I love. Um, and he, you know, he had cancer. He was fighting cancer. He was very afraid of, you know, weakening his body. And yet, some health professionals that he believed in told him to get the the vaccine, the COVID-19 shot. And so he's like, you know, he wakes up every day wondering when that's going to cause havoc in his body. How frightening would that be? That'd be really frightening. I'd be doing a lot to get detoxed. And, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think what's really tough about that situation too, is I think there was lots and lots of different variations on, on this vaccine. So you really don't know it, even if you went to your like lot number, I mean, I guess they used to have that thing, like how safe was my lot or whatever, where you could look up your lot number and, and see, but I think you just, you really don't know what exactly was in it. So how to, how to detox, how to get things out of your body but man if i was in that position i'd be doing everything like they say things like edta chelations and different things like that um can can help get some of those ingredients out of out of your body but yeah i'd be 
I'd be thinking the same way because it's it's subtle. It's not like, I mean, some people did have immediate reactions, but you know, then there's these turbo cancers and it happened to my brother. He got cancer and was gone in seven months, you know, just boom, you know, just literally, well, part of it was, I think the chemo poisoned him, but, um, but the cancer was just very aggressive. Like when they did the initial diagnostics in, in a matter of a few weeks from when they found it, it was like all over his body. And then of course they start giving him the drugs, which poisoned him even, even further and probably created more cancer, but um, but, and he, he did a completely conventional, uh, approach, but yeah, they're like, I mean, they probably were vaccinating him while he was being treated. Let's give you some more COVID boosters because, you know, we want to make sure God forbid you don't get COVID, you know, why you already got cancer. So they were probably kept giving him more and more vaccines during the whole time. It's just, it's so sick. Cause it's just, it's completely needless. And I think it's the same in pets too. I think a lot of illness is just completely, completely preventable. It just, once it shows up, it's not always, not always treatable because of, you know, the damage that's been done to the pet's body. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the, the whole idea of what health is needs to be, you've got to really, really, um, change your mind and and you've got to look at things you've got to look at things that are uncomfortable you've got to look and say what's happening inside of the health industry the vet industry um there is so much pressure being put on censorship right you can't see this you can't do that you can't have the dogs coming in uh unless they're vaccinated you can't do this you can't do that what does that look like guys come on does that look like health does that look like hey we're so excited to help you get healthy it doesn't look like that to me it's very uh suppressed and repressed and it's frightening it's aggressive it's angry it's not a good feel in the health yeah. industry that's and that's you know probably one of the the most disheartening things is the stories I hear about just this this anger and this bullying by veterinarians and veterinary clinics like they're just mean to people like people don't want to get a vaccine oh you're one of those you know one of those anti-vaxxers and then they're just rude well what kind of quality of care is that pet going to get in that clinic because they already have this idea in their head that these people are bad and oh my gosh and I feed raw food well forget it this pet's just doomed you know no shots and raw food like why why we even try treating it you know I'm thinking this is what is going on in their head and so that's totally affecting their attitude towards their clients, you know, and they, they should be there to serve the pets and honor people's choices, but that's, that's not the way it is. No, it is not the way it is. Um, all right. So I do have a question, um, from one of our new, new, uh, customers, very new. Now they were doing kibble for a long time then they switched over to fresh pet then they heard from one of their friends how great their dog was doing on uh the raw diet so now they're over to the raw diet here's the question though dr jasek this particular dog has diabetes diabetes to where they are monitoring the blood glucose level and um they're wondering you know what the raw diet will do in a situation where they are giving the dog insulin. What would you say about that? In my experience, the raw feeding, it helps diabetes uh, tremendously. Matter of fact, you actually have to really watch because um, they usually need a lot less insulin. They can't always come off of it um, completely, depending on what's going on in the pancreas. So like type one diabetes, where the pancreas is not making enough insulin, uh, those cells are damaged. That's thought to be uh, inflammatory autoimmune type condition. So if those cells are somehow damaged and they just can't make insulin anymore. It's like if your thyroid just can't make thyroid hormone anymore, then they need to be supplemented. So sometimes that's the case with insulin, but because of the beneficial effects on the metabolism in general, and that, that the body can process nutrients more efficiently on the raw diet. And they're not on this, they're not getting these complex, um, 
or uh, carbohydrates that are spiking the the blood sugar. You know, dogs on say a kibble diet, they're on a blood sugar roller coaster all the time. Anyway, you know, it's, blood sugar goes goes way up high and then it crashes and goes way up high and crashes just because of what they're eating. If you're trying to manage a diabetic on a diet like that, that's impossible because the idea is to keep the blood sugar relatively stable. If you're feeding a diet, any food, even treats like your little you know, greenies, these horrible little green toothbrush things that people love to feed that are, that are all starch, you know, things like that are still going to be spiking the blood sugar. When we get rid of all those carbohydrates, the blood sugar comes down and it just naturally stabilizes. So it makes it much easier to regulate so they can stay on a more consistent dose of insulin. And actually the uh, dependence will come down. They will need less. So you actually need to watch because I've seen some animals get uh, hypoglycemic where their blood sugars drop too low because we changed the diet. You gotta be uh, measuring the, the blood glucose or just watching your pet. If they get the blood, if the blood sugar drops, they get um, a little weak. If it gets too low, they might get a little like you know, staggery, little, little drunk looking or like uh, foggy, like they can't focus just like, you know, if you haven't eaten in a while, your blood sugar drops, then, you know, you might not be able to focus as well. You notice uh, those sorts of things. So if you see something like that, you definitely want to be um, checking the, checking the blood glucose to make sure it's not low. Cause I I've seen dogs go down to like, they only need like a, about like a third of much in, as much insulin and they feel better though. Like even if they still need to stay on some insulin, like their, their energy is better and their coat is better. You can tell their whole body is just uh, so much healthier because the, everything is more regulated, even though they need that little bump of insulin, they're just going to be a lot healthier in the long run. And because the diabetes is more regulated, they're less likely to have consequences such as cataracts or kidney failure. I mean, I've seen some pets that have been diabetic and been on insulin for years and they still get the cataracts and still, you know, get these um, secondary issues and neuropathy and things like that. But if you get them on a better diet and you're keeping the blood sugar more stable, uh, those things are less likely to show up. But in your experience, would you, what, what food would a dog eat if not raw, if they are diabetic? That's, that's a diet I recommend for everybody. So, I mean, I don't like, I wouldn't change that recommendation for a diabetic. Um, it's just like when I recommend that for a cancer patient, like good nutrition is for a dog is good nutrition, no matter what's going on with them. It just becomes way more important at that point you know, that it's the same recommendation, raw feeding off the processed carbs, good rotation, lots of different proteins, you know, fat is, I think actually a benefit because fat will, um, help drop the, the blood sugar even more because the, the other cells in the body can burn fat as a fuel. So if you have more of a little ketogenic diet that can help, um, also manage the diabetes. Yeah. Yeah, you do the same thing. You feed them a good species appropriate diet. I mean, I, that recommendation for me really doesn't change. Now, sometimes individual circumstances or the pets or, you know, the pets have, you know, gastric issues, you know, sometimes we have to, to, to make some modifications, but my new nutritional recommendations, I, you know, rarely change. <laughs> Come on, you know, you're recommending kibble out there. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's tempting. Just feed the just feed the kibble and leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, we're like, okay, look, here's the thing. Um if you're giving if you're putting things in the body um that are inappropriate, whether that be toxins or kibble, your dog's gonna itch or they're gonna have digestive issues. Period. That's what's going to happen. And then what's going to happen? Well, you're going to be looking for some type of medication. And then that medication is going to have side effects. All right. So you're, you're on a catch 22. You've got to, you've got to get the dog healthy. I mean, and, and again, Dr. Jasek, we constantly, and I'm sure you do too, are hearing from pet parents that are saying, my dog's itching, my dog's itching. And 
you've got to correct the diet. You've got to get some omega-3s in there. You've got to get some good fat in there. Uh, You've got to get all of these bad treats out. And you've got to stop putting the things in the body that are causing the dog to itch. And if you are going to contact myself, if you're going to contact Dr. Jasek, please have a list. Have a list of everything that is going into your dog's mouth within the week. Everything. Every supplement, every vitamin, every um, topper, every treat, every chew, everything. Because it matters. (laughs) It matters. Even a little bit matters. Even a little bit of a treat that, that has these processed carbs or, or colors or flavors, even, even if it's like their favorite treat, find a different favorite treat. I guarantee you that dogs that are eating these little biscuit treats are also going to love a piece of dried jerky or dried liver or, or lung or something. They're, they're going to love that stuff just as much, and it's going to be way healthier for them. Right. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Jasek is working with people via Zoom. Uh, she's also working on some fantastic uh, videos that are coming up and and courses that you will be able to purchase. So you can go right there, right there and and buy a course. Um, but here here's the question that I have for you listeners. Do you already have your mind made up by the time you contact Dr. Jasek or myself? Because if you do, just come to us and tell us what you want us to say. <laughs> because that's a lot easier for us. Right, Dr. Jasek? That's that's really funny. I'm I'm thinking on our intake forms because you now, what are the answers you would like to hear to all of your questions? <laughs> and then let's see if they match up. Oh, that would be hilarious. I you know, <laughs> I, I'm serious. So what what you know, because what do you think it is? Well, I think it's you know, most of the time they think it's the raw diet. And I I want to say why? Well, because they this is the um they've been eating these treats for a long time. They've been taking the, you know, standard process supplements or whatever supplements they've been taking for a long time and 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 they've been fine. And the only thing that's different is this raw food. That very often is what what we get. And mm-hmm. uh so I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Well, and the thing about those supplements, again. There's, there's no guarantee that, that the supplement you're feeding, you know, today is the same supplement. It was six months ago. I mean, it's the same supplement, but the ingredients can be different. They're changing. They can, and they can trade things out. Like I said, within labeling requirements, they can make substitutions without having to change what's on the label. So you, you, and they change their sourcing. So there's no guarantee that that supplement, even if it's the same name from the same company, is the is the exact same thing that you've been feeding. And toxicity, sometimes it takes time to to build up. That's why, you know, we we see dogs with, of course, we've seen dogs with cancer younger and younger, but usually they're at least a few years old. Because all these, the vaccines and pharmaceuticals and all these things that the dogs are getting that are are toxic, dogs can handle a certain load of toxicity, but then the toxicity gets overwhelming and their body's never getting a break from it. And that's where we start to see uh, more, more symptoms. I think, I think too, it's important for people be, be discerning about where the information comes from. I think too many people, and this includes medical professionals, they're just too quick to just believe the propaganda. This is one of the things I love about Dr. Cowan is Thomas Cowan is the questions he asks. Well, show me, show me that a virus exists, you know, like show me and nobody can, it cannot, it has, it has never been done. That's a whole other topic. But my point is I love the questions he asks because he doesn't like it all fired up. At least I've never seen him that way. He, he just, he just keeps asking questions until people can, they can't answer his questions because the answer doesn't exist. They just want people to believe um, the, the propaganda, just like in that rabies article that said that, you know, 60,000 
deaths from rabies? Like, I doubt it. And, you know, I've actually heard uh, Dr. Cowan say, and I think he said from the CDC, it's only like two or three a year or something. I just recently listened to a presentation he did where he mentioned rabies. I have to go back and re-listen to that, but it's just like a couple a year. And he also said that there has there was in any of the those supposed cases of rabies in people, there were no ties to contact with domestic animals prior to getting this whole thing like, oh, it's the dogs that are the reservoir that are going to affect the people of the case, supposed reported cases, they could not make an association with a an animal, an animal, an animal bite. Not that they didn't have contact, but that there was no association with an animal bite. So when you dig in and you start to ask questions, you find out, oh, maybe that's not so true. So don't just believe what you're hearing. You know, ask, ask questions, ask how vets know what they're saying. You know, ask for ask for proof, because in a lot of cases, and they're not going to have it. And it's going to, you know, invalidate what they're saying. And this, these mandates are not going away. And I think they're just even going to get worse. And so you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be able to challenge uh, the narrative to keep your pet healthy. All right, everybody get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. We've got a ton of proteins and it's variety, variety, variety. It doesn't matter where you start. I promise you, don't be afraid of the raw diet. It's not meth, as Neely would say. It is not dry. It's just pure food, right? It's just pure food. I don't see, uh, you know, people dying on pure food unless they unless they just overeat, Doctor Jasek, and that's something that we don't uh, do on the raw diet either. But uh, just start anywhere with the meat, bones, organ, and fat, and you're gonna you're gonna figure it out. If you can't, send us an email. We'll help you do it. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Dr. Jasek, we'll see you next week from Sounds Tennessee. Sounds like a plan. All right. See you then. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Just <laughs> snap.